Welcome back to another edition of the Hooper's Almanac. On today's episode, Mitch and I will be sharing our thoughts on the John Morant debacle and the Grizzlies impending doom, even though they're the second seed in the Western Conference. I think Mitch and I are both down on them as a basketball team. And with all these outside distractions coming up with John Morant and others, um, definitely going to complicate things. So we're going to be sharing our thoughts on that developing scenario. Also going to be Flipping the script from what we discussed last week. So last podcast, we talked about the teams not to trust. This week, we're going to be sharing our dynamite teams, which are the teams sort of lower in the conference that we actually think have a shot to make a little bit of a run in the playoffs and surprise you. So um, looking forward to sharing those teams as well. Before we get going, let's bring in our friends from Green Top. back mitch is back from boston as of this morning and back in his home in st louis i'm still kicking it here in chicago and john morant is on suspension mitch he uh has been suspended for two games by the memphis grizzlies after a video was seen on his instagram live appeared to be celebrating a 16 point loss to the denver nuggets (laughs) in denver at 5 a.m uh in a nightclub and somehow was brandishing a gun in that video um, there were some other circumstances we'll get to as well that had happened previously, but it's been a bad couple of weeks of news for John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. They've had some on the court issues as well. Obviously, the impact of Steven Adams has shown that, you know, to definitely affect them. Brandon Clark was just announced out for the year. Um, you know, some issues coming toward the Memphis Grizzlies and John Morant is chiefly among them. So I'm sure you're doing better than him. But what what, what do you make of this situation? And also, how are you doing? You know, I'm doing well. Um, I'm doing much better than John Morant. I'm not getting suspended from my job. Um, but I am also uh, still recovering. Of zero. I am running on very little sleep after my plane ride this morning. So we're going to figure out how that goes. Um, John Morant situation. It's all karma after the uh, quote he made much earlier this year. I don't worry about anyone in the West. I only worry about the Celtics or whatever, however the exact wording of it was. Well, it's also been karma for the Celtics, so thank you for that too. Um, my point still being is this. It's just been downhill ever since that for them. The whole Shannon Sharp situation and with the Lakers, um, everything that's gone on with Dylan Brooks and any kind of qu- uh, quote he's had and every kind of stupidity, everything stupid that comes out of his mouth. Um, John Morant with all the, the two major things that have come out about him, whether it be the brandishing a gun on Instagram live or the pulling a gun on a 17 year old after beating, beating him up. So, I mean, whole bunch of crud going on. That the one, yeah. That one is the most shocking to me. Um, and I mean, this Which, is the first, this isn't the first time we've seen something like this in the NBA, but this is a clear track record that, and it's crazy. Like you talk, think about how popular this dude was like a couple months ago, last year, one of the most, Fun up and coming players. I'm sure Beloved. if you play the tape on our podcast, like we both loved him. Yeah. Uh, love, still love watching him play, but like there's still clear immaturities. And I mean, this is more than immaturity, in my opinion. I mean, this is kind of getting downright scary as a trend. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he has his huge crew that's like following him around as these thugs, like, you know, uh, trying to intimidate different people. And the fact that you need to 
think you need to intimidate a 17 year old kid who's there to play pickup basketball in your backyard when you're like one of the faces of the NBA is just, you know, you need to realize your time and place too, and sort of who you are. So I think the whole situation's messed up, but that, that incident in particular was crazy. And the fact that it just came out too, like it happened this past summer and all of a sudden this news is just starting to bubble up around all this other stuff that's happening. Well, it's also it comes after the whole laser pointer thing too, which yes. I forgot to bring that that's up what too. Kicked, that's what kicked it off, right? Right. Yeah. It was after that that everything just went to hell. Um, and then yeah. Paul Pierce. There is no basketball team besides the two thousand. There is no basketball team other than the 07-08 Celtics that love to just talk, and they just shouldn't. No one on that team should ever talk. Ray Allen's tweet forever will be go down in infamy. Kevin Garnett has had so I love him, but so many dumb things. Kendrick Perkins, mm-hmm. I can go on forever. Paul Pierce <laughs> should not be the one talking. Now, yes, I know there was the story of him being stabbed, which is crazy. And of course, I would also, if <laughs> after that, I would also probably carry a firearm on me for anywhere I go. But this is also the guy who was posted posted a video of him like with strippers all around him, and also had yeah. like a bunch of like, high on something. I don't know, yeah. and like I, I agree. Wasn't he fired from ESPN at that point? That was what happened. Let's go, or he was that, mutually parted ways, or some bullshit. Yeah, because of that. Yes. Yeah. Um, there are just there is just some situations that you should be just a little more mature about. Not holding a gun on uh, Instagram Live. Holding a gun on Instagram Live is just like one of those situations. And yeah. so i I am of the firm belief that this will only help. Hopefully, I'm hoping this only helps him from here on out. Mm. But I am just of the belief that there is something that needs to be done. There's someone that needs to like come alongside him. Some this is one of those situations that you know we've heard a bunch of podcasters talk about. They need a veteran on that team, and a veteran's yeah. going to help out with this. That's what I think the you know how helpful like Al Horford has been to the Jays. I feel like that's been super helpful to him. Even Marcus Smart, even a little bit too. But these the the it shows their clear value of having a veteran on your team. And so right now it's clear that they are missing that veteran on that team. And so I, uh, I'm excited. I am hopeful for his return, but I do think this does deteriorate the Grizzlies chances moving forward. And I have now officially moved him into the Mirage, the Mirage phase. (laughs) Yeah. I was on that during our podcast. I haven't believed in this team just as is. And now you add in John Morant debacle. Uh, Brandon Clark, who's actually a pretty big role player for them this year, out for the whole season. Dylan Brooks is out for a game, whatever. People are trying to make a big deal of that because he got a 16th technical foul. I guess it starts to continue to get punished if he gets more technicals. Right. Um, and into the playoffs, that could matter, right? Um, well, so the only get technicals. Right. Yeah. In the playoffs, you get you, the list starts, the number starts over. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if he's that technical prone, then if they make a deep run, like they could be missing him. Yeah. Um, general, just immaturity, lack of veteran presence. I mean, I think, uh, I don't know if you listen to Bobani Jones's podcast, but he made a really good point, uh, about like, why don't the Grizzlies just bring in Zach Randolph as like a mentor or like senior advisor to the team? Cause like he went through young, early in his career, not something to this extent, but you know, he had a rough upbringing, sort of a few, you know, bad choices early on in his career. And he really turned around his 
obviously his basketball, uh, you know, his uh, performance yeah. on the court, but everything else he did in the city, like he's just yeah. truly revered as a, you know, as a member of Memphis and Ja has his grip on the city too. Like they love him and you don't want it to go south this quickly after you just signed a huge deal with Nike, a huge yep. contract. Um, and all of a sudden you're the face of the franchise and, uh, you know, not, nothing but ma- bad news is coming up. So I think they need somebody in there, even if it's not a member of the team, like some guy who has cred has been yeah. through similar frustrations and bad decisions and has come out on the other side, I think would be helpful for him at this point. Not only that, just any sort of veteran who is just like been there in that way, he could like help him out. Like they have Tyus Jones, but like getting Mike Conley next summer would be huge for them. Like mm. bringing him back would be awesome now. Sure, Minnesota is not going to let go of him that easily. Still, the point being, you're right. Zach Randolph would be a great uh, example of a guy to bring in. Um, maybe even like Rudy Gay. I don't know, really. It's someone that's yeah. been a part of that organization. I feel like would even be helpful as well. Um, but yeah, I do. I do agree that there needs to be something there. Last thing I'll say about it is, I people are comparing this situation to the Kyrie situation now, and I need that to stop. That needs just to stop, like here now, anywhere. Just in terms of what they were saying that with the whole, you brought up Nike. Like they said, mm. Nike cut their contract with Kyrie after he posted an Amazon video, uh, promoting an Amazon video, and then you got Kyrie doing this. And then someone quote tweeted and said, "Do you not know what the movie was about?" <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's just some. Level yeah. of competency again that we've seemed to talk about a lot on this podcast. Like have some yeah. have some common sense of yeah, this is a different situation for Jaw, but also like yeah. there's the track record that's starting to build up on Jaw's resume that needs to hopefully calm down a little bit. But, I mean, Nike's sleeping with one eye open. That's for damn sure. Oh, so anybody yeah. bringing that up, I totally think there's merit to that. Like if I'm a Nike executive, I'm keeping a close eye on this because you don't want to stick around too long and all of a sudden you end up holding the bag and you're stuck with this guy. Not that they could never cut the contract. They could, they could always do that. I'm sure there are different things in the contract loopholes that they could get out of it. Right. Um, But you don't want to cut ties too early either. And jaw writes the ship and is obviously yeah. a fantastic player. Like he's just so young with Kyrie. We've seen such a clear pattern and that's also specifically tied to like hate speech and being discriminatory, which yeah isn't something we've seen with jaw we've seen rash irrational behavior and not you know he hasn't actually used the gun thank god um but you know it's it's not been tied to any hate speech discrimination anything like that that we know of so i think that's a different situation when nike is publicly standing for all these things yeah um and you know trying to align people that align with their corporate values i think that's a completely different story Right. And that's what I was saying. Like, you just yeah. can't, I don't think you can totally compare it. Like, the yeah. store or the value of like these two different things. I do think there is merit, but I just don't think that you can compare them value to value uh, in this sort of situation. Yeah. Not to say Nike has had issues cutting ties because we've seen trends of that. Again, different situations, but Kyrie, Kanye, like oh, brands yeah. will do this, organizations will do this. Um, so, for Jaw's sake, I think at some point he's going to have somebody in his ear who's telling him sort of what's what and what's at risk here. Um, but we will see. Um, you know, we hope we hope he can figure this out. Hope the Grizzlies can figure this out because they're fun to watch when they're on. Um, right. 
and we'll see. I mean, the second seed in the West, uh, the the gap is slimming between mm-hmm. them and all the teams below them. I think Denver's pretty much locked up this number one seed at this point, uh, beating them the other Knock night, as wood. I said. Knock on right. wood right now. Six games is a lot, man. They're going to – Nuggets would have to be really bad down the stretch. Um, I'm not disagreeing with you. I mean, compared to the East, like it's a very different situation. But I, I did uh, on my early morning. I did uh, finish up like where I think the I did predict where the final standings are. I have the Grizzlies in fourth. Wow. Okay. Do you have? Wait, no. Hold on. I think either is it fourth? Let me make sure I have this right. I have the Grizzlies in fifth. Have them in fifth. Depending wow. on how everything falls for them, I just think this is going to be a chemistry issue after this. So that's a big slide. I mean, that's five and a half games right now between them in fifth place. Some of the teams they play, they play Golden State once, they play Dallas twice, they play the Clippers twice. Uh, actually, they play Dallas three times. Yeah. So, I mean, but they don't play Phoenix, which could help them out. They don't play Sacramento. Do they play Denver anymore? And they don't play Denver. Okay, so that helps. So, but I'm just thinking about some of the teams that are right below them that, like, are pushing. There's a one for one switch there that really helps out teams in those matchups. So, I think the two teams right behind him, at least that the, the fact that they don't play them, I think, might help them from sliding too far. Um, we've also seen this team in the past play well without John Moran. So right. I really don't have a sense for how this team's going to perform in the regular season and games that they've showed to be resilient. So I think it matters once we get to the postseason and they might have a really tough, even first round matchup uh, yeah. sort, sort of where they're sitting. So um, that's the Grizzlies, Mitch. We're going to yeah. flip the script on this is a team that the Grizzlies are sort of a team that we're down on a little skeptical of. They're probably going to be a higher seed going into the playoffs they essentially qualify as one of those mirage teams that we discussed on last podcast. Yeah. We're flipping it to discuss what you like to call dynamite teams, teams that are going to sort of surprise us from a lower seed. I'll leave you to explain this, but um, sort of how are you seeing this in contrast to what we discussed last, last podcast? So it's not only teams I think are going to make a run. These are teams that are going to blow up contenders chances in the playoffs. Like these are lower seeded teams that can blow up and also like cause issues for those Mirage teams that we were talking about last week. I'm going to like totally like overdo myself because I also have like one of my Mirage teams as one of these teams though. So like I can, I've karma, you know, me, Aaron sports. karma really just, I think I already know who this team is. The sports karma always comes back to me in every way possible. Um, Is it a team the Celtics played? This yes. past week, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. Who that's gonna be. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, these are teams that are blowing up NBA contenders' chances uh, in the playoffs. Um, okay. So that's how I'm gonna kind of describe it as. Um, we can start out east because I know we have you have two in the west. I have both two in the east and two in the west. Um, we'll start out east, get that one over with, and then we yep. can go out west since I've already kind of precursored one of the ones in the east, and that would be the New York Knicks. There it is. No. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. 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 It, it sucked. Because then the Knicks also play the Celtics tonight. And we're recording this 630. Well, this game's about to start too. Um, Celtics Knicks playing twice in a week. Um, 
This team bothers the bejesus out of me because I can't understand how they're nine and three and three and three point games. Someone explain to me how they are like really good in close games. It makes no sense to me. Their offense is just not uh, not available at all in the fourth quarter. Yet they somehow win these games. Um, was I wrong about the Josh Hart trade? Apparently so. I just really was. I, I missed. And again, make it known to be that you're wrong. It's okay to be wrong. And I'm selling myself that I'm wrong. And so Josh Hart was apparently the perfect fit for this team. Cam Reddish was nowhere needed on this team at all. And Josh Hart is a part of the, this team's closing lineup now. And I love how much he has fit with like this group that he is a Tom Thibodeau type of player. And you were right about that. So yep, yes. plus I think the two teams that people that we won't call contenders, but team like the Cavaliers, for example, I think this is a, uh, this is one team that I classified as a mirage team, and you knew you were kind of flip. You were not mm-hmm. so sure about it, but like this is a team that I think the Knicks could give issues to. This is a team that I think you know. Of course, I say this: Knicks have to be healthy for it. You have to have Mitchell Robinson out there, which is apparently the most necessary thing for any for any one of these dynamite teams is having like that dominant defensive force, and that's what Mitchell Robinson is for this team, and so. That's what I love about this team is how when it's healthy, it is somehow destructively beautiful. It makes no sense, but it it works. And they've they have the longest winning streak in the Eastern Conference right now after the Bucks lost last night. They are six, they've won their last six, seven of their last eight. Um, the only loss they had was against Philly, which they who they already had beat earlier in February, um, which is another team that they I think can give issues to. They have enough big men to throw at uh, Joel Embiid. They have enough defensive guys to throw at J- James Harden. And when they're out and running, and when they have their playoff eight or nine guys, I do like this team when what they do have. So that's where I will start. Yeah, eight game win streak. Eight Josh Hart. Streak, thank you. Josh Hart has been a New York Knicks for eight games. They have not lost with Josh Hart on the floor. <laughs> I have liked Josh Hart. Um, he's all of a sudden become a really timid three-point shooter. Like in college, he was a great three-point shooter at Villanova. Um, but now he's become like this undersized rebounder, great defensive presence, like yeah. do it all, score inside type of guy. Kind of reminds me of Bruce Brown um, with a little thicker build uh, back when he was like on Brooklyn and really being forced to play inside. I mean, Bruce Brown still has that capability, but... He's now playing a lot more in the perimeter. And I think he's even more comfortable shooting threes right. uh, than Josh Hart is at this point. But he fits them really well. And he is 100% a Tibbs guy. I think he's made a difference. The biggest thing for me is just like Jalen Brunson, man. <laughs> oh, again, another miss of mine. <laughs> he's pro- He's proven it this year. Uh, I mean, he if, remembering back to last year, like his level up in terms of he can score as an undersized guy, his ability to score in the paint when he's not super athletic. Like think of Kyrie, think of Allen Iverson, like those John Morant, those types of small guys who are really great at scoring in the paint. His game is not similar to them at all. Like he's kind of a slow it down footwork type of guy, a pump fake, just kind of savvying your way through very similar Muscle. to Luca, um, except being undersized and not being able to use, um, you know, your height and your strength as much. He's getting guys in the air, going to the line, Um, doing a lot of leaners, fadeaways, you know, that sort of thing. He's just brilliant. And him and Julius Randle just like slow the game down. It doesn't always look pretty. Uh, They're both lefty. It's just a weird situation in New York. I don't trust it. Um, I think 
their interesting matchup with the Cavs. And I think they their identity is just tough enough that they could maybe win two games against a Boston or Milwaukee. So if if that's what you classify as, you know, a dynamite team that I don't see them ever making the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, God, just, no. When you talk about their record in late, uh, what, three-point games? Yeah, close games, games three, three, games. yeah, one-score games. Um, Some of that's due for regression. Like the Julius Randle shot the other night on your birthday <laughs> against the Miami Heat. That shit ain't happening in the playoffs, man. I don't care. It's, it's not happening. We've seen Julius Randle in the playoffs. It slows down. He's, I think he's kind of on a tear right now, but generally I'm not a big fan of him. Like kind of an inefficient player. I think he's been kind of playing over his head here. Um, so I'm not as strong as a believer in them as you. It's funny how you flipped completely one way or the other. Um, I would still lean the Cavs, but I think that would be a really fun series. Like I could see that going seven games. That's the other thing too. Like messing up a team's chance, like to have like a quick first round. Like that's that's what makes the full difference. I think that's what helped the Celtics last year against the Bucks. Like only having to go four games against the Nets was so huge for them. Not having to worry about like totally putting full full amount of time on those guys. And I think that's what this Knicks team can cause. Um, didn't do it two years ago against the Hawks. Only went five games in that series. Or did it, did it go five? I feel like it only went five. But I think uh, they only the, won one. The Knicks, yeah, Knicks, they, Hawks. they won one game. It was right. disappointing. Right. Yeah. Very disappointing. I think this team has a better ability to like make this series a, a series against them much more fun. Um, so that's my that's my first Eastern Conference team. My okay. second Eastern Conference team is another team the Celtics played this past week, and they played them on my birthday, and the Brooklyn Nets. Interesting pick. All right, go ahead. Give me the Here's case. my thing. Here's my thing. I texted you and Evan this. This team is the lesser version of the Los Angeles Clippers. They don't have, like, a number one star. They have a bunch of number twos. They have a bunch of number twos and even, and even we'll just say, really good number threes. They can go small. They can go big. They have a great they have a great defensive presence whenever they want to. And they have so much length, so much length. Like when the lineup is Dinwiddie, Bridges, Cam Johnson, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Nate Claxton, I get worried. And I was very worried on Friday night. Um, ta-da, we lost. Um, and so this team, who is killing the Hornets, as we currently speak, Hornets are without LaMelo Ball. doesn't mean Hornets, them. Yeah. Hornets, they're up by, but they're up by 40 at one point in this game. <laughs> Yeah, 70 Still, points in the first, first half is pretty nuts. <laughs> right. This team has the ability to just play incredible defense and get out and run, which is exactly what they did against the Celtics. And so that's what I'm – and what they did a little bit – I've watched like the first quarter of this Hornets game, did the exact same thing there. So this team, again, not saying they're going far, not at all. Saying this is a team that can be a first-round issue, if not go push a, a – top seed to seven games um i do like the eight guys they can throw out there plus like the two or three shooters they can throw out there if they need to so that's where i go with that currently the sixth seed in the east they'd be just avoiding the play in tournament um i was looking long and hard about odds on them to miss the playoffs that are like plus 350 right now which I think it's just like you're banking on why is this team still good? Like they have a right. lot of role guys I like, but is this really going to matter? I mean, 
I I don't I don't know. I think it's just a I love all the pieces. And I think there are a bunch of competitive guys for the most part that I generally think could work well together from that instance. And I think that's, you know, shown its head in terms of games like Boston the other night, like their ability to come back and be tough and stay in games and all that. Definitely there. Um, I just think when it comes to beating, let's see, Philly. I mean, I think Philly's kind of soft and weird. So sure, maybe they can give Philly a little bit of a run if they somehow stick in the sixth spot. But honestly, if they play Boston or Milwaukee, I think they're maybe winning one game. I don't, I don't believe in the team much. I think just generally Mikhail Bridges isn't going to be able to continue to do this. Oh, no. He's just been having a couple weeks stretch. Like we had to see it at volume in Phoenix when Booker was out. And overall, he's had really good nights and he's shown he can be more than he was last year as a pure role guy. But he's still not going to be your number one option in a series where you're going to win two or three games. Right. And that's the thing. Yeah, I'm skeptical of him. And absolutely. And like I said, great value version of the Clippers missing the star. They're missing the star for this team. This team yeah. has a star. I think they're they're a very good team. I still think they make the playoffs. Um, like I said, did the projections. Again, it's the Mitchell Cell projections, so don't really take them with too much heart. Um, I had them finishing eighth and playing Milwaukee in the first round. Wow. Okay. So I, I had them – well, actually – I had them finishing ninth and then I have them like making it out of the play in uh, play in round. Oh, I see. So, Finished the regular season ninth. Okay. Right. So they ended up with the eighth seed. So that's just how I have them ending the season. Do so I that, still see, look at that. I mean, that's like uh right now that's a four game split between them and ninth place. Yeah. So, I mean, today they played the cupcake Charlotte Hornets. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know the strength of their schedule down the road, but I think there's going to be some regression. I mean, generally, the Boston game, I think, is kind of an anomaly. If we look back, you know, I don't think Boston fans should be worried about that long term, like overanalyze. Why are the Celtics losing these types of games? Like it's the NBA on a regular season random night like that shit just happens. Yeah. Um. I'd like to take a look at their schedule and see how difficult it is. Right now I'm seeing two matchups with Cleveland, a matchup with Philly to close the season, a matchup with Miami. That's going to be a really big game. Two games with Denver. um, Who's going to want to lock up that one seed. Another game with Milwaukee. Uh, I mean, of course, you have some uh, Houston (laughs) mixed in there. You got some OKC mixed in there. Um, But generally, like this is not an easy path. Um, I think they're going to go sub 500 for sure. So, and the heat have started to look better um, as a team right below them to watch out for the Hawks have been kind of weird. I I think them and the Hawks are kind of a toss up for me. I don't, I don't have the Hawks anywhere near this. The heat were the other team I was thinking of Uh, just again, we've, we've thanked Eric Spolstra for his service to the NBA and (laughs) his continual want to kick me in the crotch every time we play him in the playoffs. But I I I think I'm all done with what Bill Simmons calls the zombie heat. And so that's that's just kind of where I'm at. So um, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to go talk about the Western Conference here in a second, but we're going to take a quick break and be right back. All right, we're back. Talking about the Western Conference Dynamite teams. This is when Aaron actually has teams that he wants to add to this conversation. <laughs> um, no, I 
I'm excited to kind of see. I'll, I'll let you go first here because I kind of want to see what you had in mind when you're when we're talking about this. Uh, yeah. I had two teams that were are one of them was one of my Mirage teams last week, but also I can see mm-hmm. as them like killing a bunch of teams. So I'm what what what's a Western Conference dynamite team that you had? I got the Warriors. Um, yep. Fifth in the West right now. Um, Currently, yeah. After possible matchup with the Suns in that four or five, which would be an insane matchup. But the Suns have been clicking. They haven't lost with KD. Um, they finally faced some good competition, too. Um, they killed the Bulls. They beat the Mavs in a really, really good game today. Mm. Uh, their offense has just proven to be unstoppable. Um, so I think they're going to continue to tick up, uh, the Kings had a really bad loss the other night. So I think they're also going to be heading in the opposite direction. I think when we talked about Mirage teams, Mitch, I said that they have one of the toughest schedules in the NBA remaining. So I have a feeling that it's going to be warriors Kings and that's a nightmare, nightmare scenario. And then they play the Denver Nuggets. So I actually think the warriors are a pretty bad matchup for Denver out of all the teams, um, Mm. because even though Jokic is going to have an advantage with his size, they just don't really have a consistent center. I mean, Looney's fine, but Jokic will eat. Um, They're really smart double teamers. Like Draymond is an awesome help defender. Right. And the way they play offense is just so unique and so hard to guard that I think it's going to be really difficult on Jokic, putting him in space and having to, you know, jump up to shooters um, at will. So, I think they could very well make another run here. It's been weird how they've been able to hold on, and now Steph is officially back. And uh, I think even though I don't trust some of their depth, they're definitely starting to look a lot better than they were early in the year. So I think they're one team to watch out for. I totally agree. I think it is so important for them, though, to get a top four seed. They need to have a home court advantage, at least that first round, if not the second round. I think that's what I am worried about the most for this Golden State Warriors team is if they can get a because I do I do agree this is I would consider them a dynamite team because they can definitely blow up some chances and also make them a contender going into this playoffs. I mean I think they have the ability they did lose to the day to the Lakers, um, tough loss there. But then we then again we see the importance of Jared Vanderbilt to any playoff team was shown today. So. Again, let him go for a bag of chips. Once again, you, you, Michael Michael Malone and young players, man. You 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 let him go for a bag of chips. <laughs> the Minnesota Timberwolves basically let him go for a mini fridge. I don't know what you. <laughs> I mean, you guys, you both were trading very bad opportunities for Jerry Vanderbilt. Um, I think there is still the Warriors have this issue still to me of winning on the road, and that's what I will consider to continue to worry about until they get a home court advantage spot in the playoffs, which. Again, the Mitchell saw projections. I have them as a three seed. So I have them and Phoenix ending up in the two or three seeds by the end of the year if they continue to play well. But again, I also need to check on their strength of schedule because I think they have like a middle tier strength of schedule going forward. But I do like like what this team has, which is chemistry. And say what you will about the whole Draymond punching Jordan Poole at the beginning of the year. I think they're finally over that. Yeah, I think they are too. Um, and Draymond's kind of reasserted himself and he's finally back in the lineup. He was out for a while. Um, let's not forget that they're still missing Andrew Wiggins, who's been out for a couple weeks with some family personal issue. Yeah. Um, like he was the second most important player in their finals run. Don't have to tell me. 
huge swing piece. Like the guy that we thought previously is like, you're going to trust Andrew Wiggins in a big game. Right. Uh, he had like second fiddle uh, written all over him in that game, that series. Like he was awesome on both ends. Yeah. So we're not even seeing him back. Um, I, I've liked the growth of Kaminga recently. Yeah. Uh, I, he's the one bench piece that I do actually like for them. Uh, eventually, maybe if they get Gary Payton, the second back, I've always been a GP two fan. Uh, he really works well with them. Uh, it's just the pool moody, uh, Jamichael green, like all of those guys have just not really lived up, especially pool and moody have not lived up to what the warriors thought they were going to. Mm-hmm. Um, even D- DiVincenzo's played a bit better, but generally their bench is just not what it was last year. It's not as cohesive. There's not as many vets sprinkled in there either. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that could hurt them eventually, but that doesn't mean they're not going to, you know, th- I think that still is going to allow them to beat a team like the Kings, who's young and, and experienced and doesn't play defense. Yeah. And I think th- if they get hot, they could beat the Nuggets. Uh, this team is just impossible to guard when they're on. And I'm, it's not like last year either when we were a little worried how Steph was going to play when he came back. Yeah. Like if you remember at the beginning of the playoffs, he was coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started tonight and his first game back 29 and six. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, so. It's it's the Steph. We need to stop worrying about if Steph Curry is going to be playing well when he comes back from injuries. Um, he's going to be crazy. <laughs> yeah. And Clay's starting to look like his old self too. Like he's finally back. Mm-hmm. So this team, if, if they're top, four or five guys are on there. They can beat anybody in the West. Uh, it, it becomes an issue when I think they match up with the Boston of this year's construction or Milwaukee, mm-hmm. but in the West, they're a force to be reckoned with. So I think they should be one of the biggest dynamite teams on the board here. Um, yeah, do you want me I to go again? Well. Or do, okay, well, yeah, because I had them as well. So I'm going to I'll let you go again because I'm interested to see who you're because you're going to hate my second team. Okay. I hate it. I hate it too, but I'm going to let you go first and, you tell me if I'm and maybe confirm my thoughts or not. Oh God. I really hope you didn't have the Minnesota Timberwolves on there. Um the the LA Clippers is my team. And I say this through gritted teeth because I don't I, really, <laughs> I, I mean, wow. I don't trust this team. Really? But we haven't they, talked about that enough. <laughs> I bet I bet on them the other day. LA minus three at Golden State, the team we just talked about. No Steph, no Andrew Wiggins. Uh, first game back for Draymond Green. And the Clippers were up by like 11 at halftime. Well aware. And they lost by almost 30. I think they lost at least by 20 something. I don't even think they scored like 50, 40 points in the second half. Like their second half offense just completely uh, fell asleep. They've now lost five games in a row, um, all to playoff teams right now in the Western Conference. Um, two one point losses to the Kings, which mm-hmm. <laughs> are nuts, but, um, you know, Nuggets, Timberwolves and Warriors as well. I just think when it comes to the playoffs, Kawhi and PG are forced to be reckoned with. And if they look like they might be matching up against the Memphis Grizzlies, I think that's an awesome matchup for the Clippers Sure. uh, to beat a top two, top three seed. Like that's alone is enough to me to get, consider them a dynamite team. Sure. Even if in all reality, like the Clippers kind of might be the public favorite in that series because of the track record and the brand names of Kawhi and PG. I just think the veteran leadership there versus what we've already talked about with Memphis's inexperience uh, 
even though they had the playoff experience last year, just their overall immaturity. Like Kawhi knows how to win in the playoffs. PG has shown he can win. And all of their role guys are all vets. Like they don't have a single young guy outside of Bones that they're actually trusting. Terrence Mann as well. But I I just think that when the playoffs come around, this will be a more dangerous team. Uh, I, I still am not super high on them. They've disappointed pretty much everybody this year, but Kawhi has looked better. And Paul George has has been pretty good pretty much all year. So if Kawhi's back to anywhere close to full strength, this team can win at least one playoff series and and make a run. You know the common theme with these past five losses, Aaron? Can I tell you what they started the five losses? You can go for it, yeah. There's a guy named Russell Westbrook that joined the team five games ago. <laughs> they have not won with Russell Westbrook on their roster. Yeah. That is the common theme, and I love you, Evan. But Russell Westbrook, it seems to be the, some sort of issue here. Playing the Warriors, you brought it up. Draymond was letting him shoot. I mean, they had the Ben Simmons effect on his ass, and he was – they. I mean, if he shot threes, he was – the nearest guy was 10 feet off him. That's yeah. how, like, teams are treating this, and that gives teams like the Warriors, who are smart enough, to cool – to clog the lane or clog just the mid range, which both PG and with both which both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard love to work out of, they love to work out of the mid range, and that with Westbrook on your team that clogs that up so much and reduces those chances, which worries me a lot about this Clippers team. That being said, they were a fringe. I, I still kept them in the Mirage category for me. Uh, they did not break yeah. it through the uh, the ice of Mirage into dynamite. Uh, so I, I see your thought process. I do love if they did not play Russell Westbrook a single minute a game, I do love this team a lot. I love if they would just play Terrence Mann as your starting point guard or as your starting other uh, your other starting guy. Russell Westbrook does it, Russell Westbrook does not help this team out at all. So I, I just I, I just worry about that a lot. When you look at Russ and just look at the pure numbers. It's kind of funny how consistent it's been. Like yeah. I saw a tweet and it's like, this is funny how everybody's freaking out of Russell Westbrook, 17, seven and seven here and saying it looks so much better. And he was doing the same thing in LA. Yeah. The one thing I actually look at though, is field goal percentage. Like his efficiency is way better last night against the Kings. Sure. 12 for 16 from the field. Yeah. Only took two threes, got to the rim, uh, distributed the ball. Fine. Now you can look the night before, as you said, the Warriors, a much smarter team, a much better defense than the Kings. Three for 12, forced them to take five three-pointers. Absolute worst case scenario. So if any team is going to watch that tape, if you're not the Sacramento Kings, who that doesn't make any sense because Mike Brown was literally with Steve Kerr. Like you would think there'd be a symbiosis there. And they'd be, all right, maybe we should, I should watch the team I was with last year and see what they do defensively. (laughs) Um, No, it's okay. We can just let Russell Westbrook drive to the rim. So, that boggles my mind. I think there are going to be smarter teams out there. The Nuggets will figure it out. Uh, the Grizzlies have a good defense. Monty's a smart coach in Phoenix and Golden State, obviously. So any of those really top contenders that we think, Mitch, are going to be able to basically pick out the holes in Russell Westbrook's game. Um, so with you, I on that point, I agree. It's just some of these role players I actually do like outside of Marcus oh, Morris, like yeah. Nick Batum. I know you made a funny joke. Of Nick I was wrong about him. I, I Again, hand up, wrong about Nick Batum. He, Nick Batum came back to me. He, he said, Mitch, listen, look here. I'm going to, I'm going to again, another guy to kick me in the crotch. Dear Lord, I do love Nick Batum. I thought he was just old as dirt. And so, I mean, he I is old as dirt, but he still can fire from three. And I think his, 
his uh, like release timing has if I, I swear if I watched his tape back when he was in like <laughs> Portland early in his career, like his quick release is crazy now. Uh he just puts it up there on, you know, like no other. Yep. Norman Powell is a bucket off the bench. Yep. Um Zubots once he's back. Eric Gordon's looked kind of rejuvenated for them. Yeah, a little like, decent. What I have seen on this team though, I have to add, is Bones Highland. Does he pull the does he doesn't he just look like Nuggets Bone Highland and just hold the ball for 30 seconds? We don't want it. The Nuggets might have been right about Bones Highland, and I really? might have been, I might have been wrong. <laughs> Who would have thought? It's so interested seeing interesting seeing him on another team and especially around all of the vets in the Clippers and be like, why is he doing this again? Like he does not <laughs> some of his shots and his off ball defense is so brutal and like there, he was in for a couple minutes in the Warriors. I think he had like five points in three minutes. Like had a big classic shot, a nice little a finger roll at the rim. But Tyloo instantly pulled him because he did everything else wrong outside of those two oh, amazing offensive plays. Yeah, the defense and, and even just some ill-advised shot making. It's like, I hate to say it about him, but it uh, seems like it's clearly about him rather than team. Yeah. And I'm sure that rubbed Michael Malone the wrong way. And he's probably not going to see minutes in the playoffs. So like, if Ty Lue can figure out the rotations with all of these guys that the front office has put in front of him, I think this team could be dangerous against like a Sacramento, a Memphis, um, if they're able to sneak out like um, one of those teams. But against the cream of the crop, like we talked about, I, I do think that some of the holes in this this roster are going to be shown. Yeah, I agree. Um, before we get to my final team, People are like, Mitch, are you gonna talk something nice about the Mavericks? No, the answer is no to that. Um I've I've been betting Mavericks overs every pretty much every game since Kyrie's been there, and I don't think it's missed. It's uh their defense is not there. It's just non existent. Ryan Williams, good friend of the show, consistent listener to the show, uh texted me about the he was te- what game was he watching? It was the Mavs shoot, who were they playing this today? Week? No, no, no. It was this weekend. It was earlier this weekend. It was like Friday, I think. Um, I'll continue looking for it. But he's like, Mitchell, explain to me the Mavericks in just like in a few words. And Aaron, you'll, you'll probably get this. Oh, it's when they beat the Sixers this on uh, on Thursday yeah. when the Sixers were coming back. I was like, Ryan, it's like this. As a Star Wars fan, you go you you pretty much tell the entire 501st uh, Legion to go in and push the droid army back. And then you give clone <laughs> clone 99 who is a hunchback and say, Hey, can you go hold him off for the next like 30 minutes, next five minutes, and don't let the droid army move at all? That's basically like how this went down. It's it's very much of a <laughs> this bench is non-existent. You're the best guys in your starting lineup who you have three, four, two, really, who are, are very good at the sport. And then the rest of them are like, we we don't we are incompetent and don't know how to handle ourselves when we're unattended. And so yeah. they're like little kids at a playground who are just throwing the the toy Woody around, and it's just no, <laughs> it's no fun. They're trying to fly Buzz Lightyear with the whole wings and everything, and they're like, "Oh wait, he actually can't fly." Um, that is basically the bench for the Dallas Mavericks. Um, so no, my Mavericks are not my second team. Aaron, yeah. you guessed it. You did guess it earlier. It is oh. it is the Minnesota Timberwolves. All right, I'm talking some sense into you, but go ahead first. Please do. Um, please do. Have you been texting and getting on late night 2K chats with Andrew Carlson? Has he been infiltrating your mind? No, 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 not at all. I will say, and this is the 
the fact that we haven't seen Carl Anthony Towns in like months. That's going to blow up. Tells you a lot about Cat, in my opinion, if they're starting to make this run here solely because of Anthony Edwards, pretty much. Right. But the thing is, Anthony Edwards can't keep taking 30 shots a game. You, you're going to need – you need that secondary option. And I think Conley is a great, great playmaker, great floor general for this team. He's not hucking up 20, to shot, 20 different shots a game like D'Lo was. And I think that's the difference that when Cat comes back, there's actually like a guy with a brain running the offense <laughs> in Mike Conley and like not someone who's like too worried about the, the other teammates sleeping with other girls. I don't know. I mean, I just think you're, you're totally in a much better headspace with, as an organization. I am not letting the Andrew Carlson infiltrate my mind kind of idea because I do believe in what this team has to offer because I also like the fact that this team has – like a good eight guys I can trust, like a smart eight guys that I can trust. I like McDaniel's a lot. Talk about a guy who's shown up on defense this year. Yeah, like there. If you watch any of the Mavericks Timberwolves game like a few weeks ago, they talk. He, I mean, Carlson was the biggest believer of all time on this. But like McDaniel's locked up, yo. Know, I mean, Doncic and Kyrie all in the same possession. It was the funniest thing ever. And when Anthony Edwards like gives a shit, he actually plays really good defense. Um. That's the only thing that I think you're missing with D'Lo. You didn't have the buy-in on both sides of the ball. You had the guy who just wanted to huck up shots. On With Conley, you have a guy who's like, I'm going to be a leader in doing it with my actions and my words. I'm going to lead and try to at least give all I got on both sides of the floor. And I think that's what we're seeing with this team. Um, so I do I, – I, I'm ready to hear your thought process and how you're going to – and I'm excited for your debunking, but this is – and right now they are slated to play the Kings, which we've both – our Kings are just going to get run through the playoffs, and I hate to hear it. And I and I and it just makes me very sad for the Kings' future. But I um, – That would I, be a fun series. It would. But I also think this would go – I think the Timberwolves would actually win finally their first playoff series in, since 2004, and if that were to be the case. I also think yeah. if they play the Grizzlies, they actually win that series. Yeah, both of those are toss-ups for me because I do think Minnesota-Sacramento is kind of like Memphis-Minnesota uh, last year. Mm. I think two very similar teams, uh, fast pace, great offenses, not a whole lot of defense, um, really young mm-hmm. teams. Like I think that would be a fascinating matchup. With Anthony Edwards playing the way he's playing, it's pretty tough, especially in like late game scenarios, he's proven to be a clutch player too. Right. And coming off of a year of playoff experience, I think is really good for him. Yeah. Um, I just don't know if there's enough there, even, even though we just talked about maybe cats, not the real deal because of them making this run without him. But without cat, I just think that this, the upside of this team is just such so limited. And I do like some of the role guys. And I think Conley helps a lot. Um, I don't know. I just, I just, there's something about this team that I, I don't believe in, even though I love Anthony Edwards. Like you remember my top 50 list, Mitch, like I have I this, basically this guy could like take over is going to take over the franchise and is going to be one of the best 15 players in the NBA in probably two years. So I, I could not be higher on Anthony Edwards. It's just everything else around him. I, I don't know. And we talked about Rudy Gobert in a playoff series. Their backup is Nas Reed. Like, then Nas Reed is playing 25 minutes in a playoff series. That's fair. I will say that 
you also now have the flexibility if Cat is healthy, you don't have to play Gobert as much. That's true. So yeah, that's like, I don't know. I don't know his timetable though. Is he is he gonna be back? That's a great question, and that would be something I should have probably looked up before I started this podcast. But you know, it's um that is something that should be questioned because I think the quicker he's back, the better. Um, let's see. Uh, the last 15 games is when he's expected to be back. So come okay. up here soon, like end of March, okay, middle of March. So I think he, it's a closer timetable, and I like that idea. So we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, they're looking at the standings between five and eight right now, mm-hmm. separated by one and a half games, five and ten, two and a half games. So like Minnesota's got to keep their – pedal to the metal here at the end of the stretch because sure. they are very dangerously close to that play in tournament again uh we we know they have a pretty good home crowd uh, we saw them last year celebrating like they won the title like they they great know how to win those playing too. games man great uh, playing record <laughs> yeah that's a great playing record um and they might get a matchup with the clippers didn't they beat the clippers last year in the playing tournament yes i think they did uh yes, to win to, to get that seventh seed and then the clippers ended up losing the eighth eight nine matchup as well to new orleans right because uh, that's because paul george had just literally come back like like the last two or three games of the season yeah, it i was, think he got hurt or got COVID or something too yeah um, something wild but yeah you're right but yeah anyways they're gonna basically that their seating's gonna be huge and the matchup's gonna be huge so i i don't I just don't trust this team, man. Uh, yeah. I, I get your point, and I think Anthony Edwards is going to be special in the playoffs, regardless of who they play. But I think I got to see Cat back before I can say, you know, maybe they'll make a make a run to the second round. Then that's fair. I I totally get that. It's the I it's the excited nature of the fact that you can get Cat back any day now. I mean, it, pretty soon here, and you'll yeah. get a guy who's going to be super important to your team's like just being another scoring outlet for Anthony Edwards to go to rather than having to rely on a lot of him and being doing a lot of me ball, which it hasn't looked it. Anthony Edwards version of me ball is a lot different than like Luca or Trey Young's version of me ball. And it's very Mm -hmm. weird. And I am very much excited about it. It makes me very happy in this world. Um, That being said, I just think there are to be a good title contender or even just a good playoff team have two players that can at least get you 25 points in the game. Yeah. So that's, that's it for, that's it for my dynamite teams. Um, any honorable mentions for you, Aaron? I considered my new Orleans Pelicans. Um, are we finally calling them done? Are we just finally we, calling them we, done? we might be, uh, they're, <laughs> they're the 10th seed again, a lot of not much space between 10 and six. You're right. 10 and five, even actually, when you look at it, but this team, it just, they've been through so much and without Zion, they're a completely different team last year without Zion. They looked a lot different that they just looked better than they do right now. Uh, I don't know why that is, you know, Brandon Ingram's healthy right now. CJ McCollum's healthy. I, I still really love their depth. I think I still love the roster construction and maybe it's just not their year to make a run. Uh, I, I do think this is a team to watch out for in the next couple of years is like a dark horse, mm. small market team uh, that could be good. I mean, they were number one in the Western Conference when Zion was in uh, like 
three months ago. So yeah. at full strength, this team could be dangerous and we might not ever see that because of Zion's injury history. But, uh, you know, I think this team could potentially scare somebody uh, if they were to luck into two wins in the play in. But the thing with them, too, is like they just don't shoot any threes and they don't shoot them very efficiently. And all of the best teams in the playoffs in the West are three point snipers. So mathematically, they're going to be at a huge disadvantage. Like the reason they were able to give Phoenix a run last year, one, Devin Booker was out, right? Yeah. Two, Phoenix takes a ton of mid-range jumpers. They also don't take a lot of threes. So like that was a perfect matchup for them. Uh, I, I don't think there are many teams that would line up with that this year. So I'm kind of out on them, unfortunately. Sorry, it's it's sad to see just how much hype you had for him at the beginning of the year, and just how far you've fallen off on the hype train. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sorry to I'm I'm sorry to hear that, man. I, I mean, yeah, we 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 only go from, uh, hopefully up from here. Um, but that'll be the end of this portion. We're gonna take a quick break, and do a little cereal and brews, a little recap of my Boston trip. All right, be right back. We're back with a little cereal brews, and Aaron and I both went to NBA games. One did it in his hometown. The other one went far, far away uh, to a different state to go see an NBA game because his hometown does not have an NBA team. Um, Aaron, kick us off. How was your weekend, my man? It was good. Uh, Sunday scaries are real, but I'm glad we have The Last of Us to save us and give us a a bit of happiness at the end of our weekends. Is it ever uh, happiness though? It has truly just been sad the past few episodes. I, yeah, but I, this is just such a good show. It makes me happy watching it, even True. though it's sad. Um, and I think the fact that we know Joel's going to be alive too is, has been helpful, but uh, we won't spoil it any further. Cause at some point I do think we should talk about that at length. Once the season's done. Yeah. My weekend was, was great. Um, as you said, Friday went to a Bulls game. Uh, got to see Kevin Durant play live for the first time. Uh, Rob and I are sort of pseudo Phoenix Suns fans. They're definitely like <laughs> my second favorite team to root for outside of the Nuggets. Yeah. Uh, happened a few years ago um, when when we were living together and wagering on the Phoenix Suns during their big run to the finals. Uh, right. And so that was cool. Their offense is just so dynamic. It was cool seeing that up up close and personal. Sure. Uh, their second game together. So. Booker was outstanding, almost had 40 that night. Yeah. Uh, so that was a really cool game. Good to see him, of course. And then had a poker night on Saturday. Madison and I went did some shopping. Uh, so that's always fun. I got this nice little like orange leather coat or not leather coat, you. like a jean coat. Okay. Um. So big into that. It's got like the fur on the inside. It's very oh, wow. cozy. Um. So very happy about that purchase. But uh, <laughs> overall, yeah, a great weekend. How about you, man? I know it was your birthday weekend, and you were doing a lot more than me. Yeah. Uh, Suzanne and I uh booked a trip to Boston like back in like November, and so uh, it was my first time I've been to Boston since I graduated high school. But it was the first time I got to go to Boston and go see a game at the TD Garden. Um, it was my first time finally getting to see Jason Tatum play after ever, if anyone remembers my miserable time of going to Memphis, uh, 10 minutes, Evan and I are sitting in our seats and 10 minutes before game time, Jason Tatum out with a non COVID illness. And I about cried in my upper level seat. Um, it was terrible. Your um, birthday, your birthday buddy, Jason Tatum, birthday buddy, Jason Tatum. Um, my girlfriend's dad made an incredible sign for us to take to the game. 
I got Brian Scalabrini's autograph on it. Fantastic. Um, what else? Uh, but yeah, it was a blast. Got to tour Fenway, um, which it now just makes me want to go to another game at Fenway. Um, mm-hmm. Also, just want to sit on the top of the Green Monster and just like actually yeah. experiencing it out there. Got to stand up there, which is great. Um, also, I don't think I realize how much I do like the Boston Red Sox, and I think I like them infinitely more than the New York Yankees. Like, oh uh, yeah, not even close. Yeah, no, yeah, it's just not even fair. Um, I think the only two like things i have against the red sox is the fact that they beat us the cardinals twice in the world series right. since i've been alive um not that i really remember the 04 series that's like the first time i remember like watching baseball was that 04 world series um but it was really cool they had like the lineup card for like the f- game four of that series uh, when they swept us and just looking at the names on that roster i mean it's so it's ridiculous i mean pujols rolling edmonds and mike Matheny were like all and edgar renteria <laughs> i mean just a stacked team and my buddy from work craig who i i sent a picture of it too and he's like what could have been i'm like yeah it, it's truly what could have been um had clam chowder twice which i think if you're going to boston you gotta at least have it once um but to have it <laughs> twice is just uh it's just an incredible experience big clam then, guy nice. big clam chowder guy clam chowder also, how they spell Chowda is just uh, pretty funny. They just do the A-H at the end of it. They don't even add the E-R, so that's funny. Yeah. Um, a lot of history. Did a did, did like Me and Susanna did like our own history tour because it had snowed yesterday, uh, so our tour got canceled, and so we just ended up doing it ourselves. Um, blisters on the feet from walking five miles a day uh, each day while we were there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it was a blast and got back this morning at the ass crack of dawn and someone's mad at me, my girlfriend, for choosing the <laughs> early flight because I wanted to get back and make sure everything was good for the rest of the day. God forbid yeah. I be a planner. Um, but anyways, <laughs> love her. And the weekend was a blast either way. I am with you on the early morning trip back, regardless of what it is. Like I kind of like having that last day to recover after I've been somewhere yep. else and just reassimilate, do nothing. Uh at all just just like do laundry you know eat at home whatever just relax and unwind that time i would much rather be doing that than like being anxious before i travel like if i even you know if you would have flown out at noon i just would have been anxious the whole time like all right when do we need to get to the airport like how early should we wake up should we try to do anything before since we have all this time you know like it's just too much for me and it was perfect in a weird way because the day before, there had been 25 canceled flights out of Boston Airport mm. because of the snow. I was going to ask so, about that, yeah. Yeah, and so like there was a bunch of people there in the morning, and so I just don't even know how many people were going to be there like midday. And so I'm also learning just a lot of idiosyncrasies about Susanna. And <laughs> Vent episode. <laughs> well, no, I adore this woman. No, she, I'm joking. Oh, I'm joking. Oh, I know. She also is just the exact opposite of me and hates the morning. Like, it's not a morning person. Mm. And so it's like talking to a stone wall, whatever. Like, I wake <laughs> up in the morning and I and she knows it. She agrees with it. So I'm like, I'm like, hey, how are you doing this morning? I'm like, do you want me to get you think? Eh. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just going to yeah. shut up that's, now. That's just your insomnia, like, from years past. You're just ready to go. Oh, I am ready to go. I, I am also today running on three hours of sleep because of me. It's also the anticipation I don't know if you're ever like this too. The anticipation of like just going on the trip and just being done with it. Like just yeah. getting road trips for me. I rarely sleep the day before. Like Evan and I are the same way. Like we'll sleep on the road trip, but the day before the road trip, like I'm I'm rolling on whatever like 
very yeah. low digit of numbers of sleep I got that night before. So, um, yeah. what was the other thing? Oh, I'm like the Blue Man Planes, Group. not Road Trip. Not... Oh, yeah, Blue Man Group. Blue Man Group. If anyone's seen the Blue Man Group, Susanna asked before we went and saw it because it was her first time seeing them. She's like, are they scary? I was like, no, they're just weird and awkward and kind of, and they're pretty, their, their humor is awkward hilarity. And she's like, what do they do? I'm like, to be honest, you could not explain it to you even <laughs> if I tried. It's just like they're performers and they do weird things on stage. It's not like, it's not like a magic show. It's not like a band. It's somewhere in the middle. And yet, not at all. I don't know really how to explain it to you. So, um, yeah, it's it was a blast, though. I really enjoyed our time. And so I am looking forward to the many, because I, I think I counted. Susanna and I will be going to seven different states this year for, like, different travels. And so Dang. it'll be... Wedding season, that'll do it. Wedding season, but also just, like, we're like in two weeks, we're going to Indianapolis for a weekend with my family to go see a, another NBA game. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, also, yeah, it was Susanna's first NBA game. And so she just like had never experienced anything like it. She's like, she kind of compared it similar to hockey, how there's something always going on, but it's infinitely higher scoring. I'm like, well, yeah, because there's a lot more points on the board. Um, So it was, yeah. but she did enjoy herself at that too. So I was happy about that. Yeah. Like during timeouts, there's just always stuff going on too. I forgot how boring live football games can be yeah. in the wrong environment. Like, tough at nba games there's always something happening at court you you have the annoying guy that you always see on nba league pass remotely so like the bulls guy i know you have a, a hate i have with. major issues with this man and he will never know my name but i yeah. will forever have issues and have to like you know how we change the screen like change the yep. stream for yep. uh car for the calves i changed the stream so i don't have to listen to this bulls guy every time and so whenever it's bulls calves i am really put in a pickle <laughs> yeah it's i mean when you're in the arena it's energizing because there's just there is so much noise sure. it's one of those things too at home like if you're watching it i almost have to mute the tv during non-commercials yeah. or during non-play because there are no commercials it's like all right commercials kind of like background noise at this point sometimes i'll mute it if it's super annoying but like all of a sudden you just hear like dubstep in the background, you know, and like it's like 8 30 a.m. You have like a tea and it's like this doesn't necessarily meet my energy right now. Um, whereas if you're at the game, like you're you're wired. So I'm glad she had that experience. It's so different watching on a league pass where like they have you in the stadium, basically, um, yeah. and you're not necessarily wanting to to be in that environment. But it's NBA games are fun. Uh, I mean, I'm sure going to Pistons hornets wouldn't be the most fun game right now but um any good team like any fringe playoff team even middle of the road team like the bulls games are still fun you know like there's always something to play for for these guys yeah that's why i'm excited about this pacers game i'm hoping it's still that kind of level of like excitement to it so plus we're seeing the sixers and i get to scream many mean things about joel Embiid, um and how his knees are terrible Mm -hmm. um anyways that's our episode Thank you guys for listening. I know it's been a week and a half or something like that for us to finally post one. So glad you guys are listening. Uh, have a great rest of your week. Um, have a great um, NBA week. Go Celtics. Go Nuggets. Please just both end up being in. I know the Nuggets will probably be a first first seed, but Celtics, if you can get back in number one seed, that'd be really appreciated on my end. Um, 
Anyways, have a great week, rest of your week, guys. Have a good one. Bye.